Installment of um, Millennial Night Court. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shaming, um, non common sense shaming 305. All right, all right. Um, this week and Trump, go ahead and concede and get the fuck up out of the White House 202. This week and God, would you just concede and shut the fuck up and find your way back to the depths of hell where you belong? <laughs> Jesus! Exactly. Anywho, <laughs> welcome to. WRH podcast, better known as Who Raised You Hoes. Who Raised You Hoes? This week, I am going to. My name is Lonnie. My alias for the week is going to be The Greg Homeover. Okay, okay. And this week, I am Marlon, but better known as Kamala's first vice presidential silk press. First of all, can we have a. (laughs) Wait a minute. First things first. Because there's things that that could be said about that silk press, (laughs) but we're not going to go there right now. Um, We have two lovely guests in the building with us today. As you guys can hear, we're not alone. Um, We have a tradition here on the podcast. We don't introduce our guests. We allow our guests to introduce themselves. Fellas. Who y'all are? (laughs) Your first name is just fine. (laughs) Curse. My name is my name is John, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be one of your greatest guests that you will ever have on your show tonight. The conf- it's the confidence <laughs> it's for me. Baby. Mm-hmm. That's right, baby. All right. <laughs> and, and, who, and, sir. and who is this? My name is Shirley. Uh, Shirley Caesar's kidney heel. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. And it's um, all over you. It's all over me, you know. Hold my mule. Hold my mule. I'm about to say, hold my mule. Did you say Stacey Abrams, Kitten Hill? No, you said Shirley Caesar. Bitch! Shirley Caesar, not Stacey Abrams, okay? Shirley Caesar's Kitten Hill, and this is my colleague, Dottie People French Roll. Thank you. You bitch! You know what? That is one mighty kid here, Shirley. And that is one mighty French roll, Daddy. That is a mighty, mighty French roll with lots of platinum pump it up. Hello? Listen. Baby. Together we are the soul stirrers. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, soul stirrers. 
May your soul be stirred in the Lord. Ah, my God. Welcome to two of my greatest, greatest, greatest friends from back home in Chicago, Ahmad and John. They have joined the podcast today. Lovely. So for you guys that are listening, you think we're clapping, that's really us twerking, okay? <laughs> you can okay. swipe up for our OnlyFans content, yeah. thank we you. Have clapped, we have clapped our cheeks many a day. Yeah, you know. Yeah. This is no different. You know. I can't. I can't talk to y'all shit. Why do I invite y'all here? This is why, because y'all ignorant. I love it. Um, friend, we need to have a friend invention before we get started with the show. What's up? Um, Marlon has been the man of many looks in the past month or two, and recently he debuted a new look. Um, new face, who this? Yeah, and remember I said I was going to hold my comment? Get this bitch going. All right. What you got to say? My keyboard. Um, (laughs) (laughs) oh God. So, um, I want to say, you know, it's giving very much... What is it growing that? First of all, <laughs> first of all, I don't give a fuck what none of you bitches say because my man like it. All right? Second I don't know. All, it's giving me very SVU. <laughs> okay. The category is composite sketch. And you're definitely, and you're, de- baby, baby, you're definitely winning for your house. First of all, all right. <laughs> First of all, bitch, let me explain something to all you hoes. All right. Trying to bring my mustache down, the guard caught me off guard and swiped all my shit. Oh, no. So to save myself from looking like a fool, I just cut her all off. But I need to start over anyway, because when this I bleached it, like, she wouldn't hold no moisture. This doesn't sound like you're cutting your beard. This is like the first time you were trade and they took all your things, but that's okay. You know, that's all right. That's first okay. of all, I need you to understand something. As long as you know me, you know I do not fuck with trade. They never fuck with trade. Don't know that. Look, look, never trade is. that emotion. Trade is. <laughs> now, what they're trading, I, I, I don't know. Maybe they're trading baseball cards. I don't know, but they're trade ish. They're going to be trading in some motherfucking pumps for a thong with me. I'm not fucking with that. You got to know your game when you ride this ride. I'm not doing it. Now, I promise you, this trolling is way better than anything I can You know what? Fuck you all. Never put you all together. This this is way better than anything I could ever put together. Get into your sex. (laughs) This is way better. Hell, this might be more entertaining than what I got said. You know what? Fuck you, bitch. Anyway. But I love you, friend. Uh-huh. I love don't y'all. Do I like love y'all ass. Anyway. What? Uh-uh. Don't, don't be like that, friend. Don't be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we can't see you guys. I'm coming back. For this part, I needed my phone. So bear with me for a moment. Um, this week's segment of, um, bitch, you know you can't feel your thigh. It feels like the static on the television when they can't pick up a channel. Hello. So you might as well get up and flash. That's mm-hmm. right. Time to scroll on, y'all. It's time. Um, very condensed yet again. Love it. I love it here. <laughs> I love it. It's been condensed for like the past couple weeks. Let's do it. And I'm okay with that. Um, first things first. 
Um, I'm gonna call this headline. Bitch, you guessed it. <clears throat> Florida Governor Ron, the racist, <laughs> drafts a new bill that will allow citizens to shoot looters and um and rioters. I'm paraphrasing here. It says, um, excuse me. Apparently, the new bill is an effort to specify um, previous pledge, uh, excuse me, pledge to crack down on violent and disorderly assemblies when protests form all over the country in response to racial injustice and police brutality. Basically, so let's take you to wrap this up. <clears throat> it expands the stand your ground law into basically they can now shoot you. And it's not a crime if you get injured or, God forbid, lose your life. Just because you were outraged by, by something socially unjust. But see, the thing about this is, is that first of all, the only motherfuckers that are going to be outraged are the Trump supporters. Because I don't know if y'all saw it, and I don't even know if this is one of your topics. You can, you can merge it right on in. But merge it right on in. I don't know if y'all saw the million, the million MAGA march. First of all, bitch, how unoriginal are you? Let's start there. Second of all, like, they was rioting and kicking each other's ass and all types of bullshit last night. I didn't see nobody's tear gas. I didn't see y'all tackling bitches. I didn't see y'all shoot nobody. But whatever. So you put this bill in, and what y'all gonna do? Y'all gonna shoot each other? And, like, not for nothing, like, if that's what y'all wanna do, sis. Go off. Because the the less of y'all we gotta deal with, the better. I just don't have time for the bullshit. Chow, I feel like all of the people who worked at Home Depot and Walmart got together and said, bitch, we gotta go up here. We gotta stand for our rights. You know? Packed all that well, shit, shit just picked up in their pickup truck, honey, and just went to DC. You know, they, they didn't have no plan. It was no plan. Nothing was planned out. You, if you noticed in any of the clips, they were just walking around. They, they really didn't have any say so of, okay, you know, we're going to walk all the way down here for two miles and, you know, ex- mm-hmm. you know express our rights. But, you know, to each his own, we're just going to go in the middle of DC. I mean, not for nothing, it's very representative of the motherfuckers they worship. There's no structure, there's no thought put into it. A bunch yeah. of y'all just pissed off and mad and trying to like, what the fuck did y'all even march for? That's what I want to know. Like, what was the purpose? <clears throat> what was the point? Can we please get into the one fact that um that march happened and he lost? This is not rigged. This is not twenty sixteen. Ma'am, why are we going? Why are we doing that? First of all, you demanded a fucking recount, demanded. and now the recount <clears throat> has come up. You not you lost twice. Well, see, here's the gag. Here's the gag about all that. You wanted a recount, and majority of these damn states hadn't even finished the first count. Hello? Like to finish the first count before you ask for a recount. You 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 already asking for a recount. You already throwing out here. You throw you're throwing you're you're um out here trying to get um for them to um uh, make sure the counts are valid. The, the counts haven't even be, been finished. They haven't been finished, and there's no way that any of these these votes could have been um, fraudulent. There's no way. They're right. like double sealed. They're double sealed. Hello? And then you have two people, um, and I was reading, like two, you know, each state, and I want to say, uh, particularly in Michigan, Michigan has it set to where there's literally two people on one ballot. 
So that means as soon as I open the ballot, I look at it, I authenticate it, I give it to the next person, they authenticate it themselves. So it's checked twice before anything. And then on top of that, once they authenticate the ballot, they give it to the next person. The next person has to authenticate it themselves. It's authenticated three times before it's even scanned. See, bitch. Okay. Girl. So, it, so it's very hard for any of these votes to be fraudulent. Okay. Hello. Very. But is there something you want to say? So much. Um, just... Come on, mother. <laughs> Let her. Come on, and re- come, come on, on and read this room. Come on and read this room. Come on, I see it. Yes! <laughs> in, my yeah, come on, in my sanctified soul, I just don't understand. Well, I do understand. First of all, so Mara asked the question of, what did you say? I think it's along the lines of they basically renamed this March or if you were like, how unoriginal? Well, historically, they don't have... Here's the thing. White people have no culture. Their culture is genocide. So, so you can't expect originality from people who don't have a culture of their own. Their culture is literally stolen bits and pieces from everybody else's culture. So their culture is literally expect white people to have any originality or any um, ideas of their own. When culturally, all of their ideas have been birthed off of somebody else's ideas. They're basically an incubus of sucking up people's emotions and thoughts and processes. And this is not this is not feelings, these are just strictly facts. Historically, they have no original context within them. Everything that they have has been off the backs of black and brown people, mainly the indigenous people. Historically, they stolen, killed, murdered, famined, genocide, ostracized, plagued, prodded, raped, killed, hung caused cultural division. They've made all these different characteristics and categories and subtexts and subcategories amongst people. So anything that they do for me is not surprising because again they they have no originality. They they lack what they the thing is the reason that they hate like black people and Latin people and indigenous people is because we're naturally from birth we have a gene inside of us that makes us the reason as great as we are. We literally are, it's literally been proven that black people are born with, I believe it's a gene or a chrome, or a chrome uh, we call it for chromosome. Thank you. Within us, that basically makes us the way that we are as far as like we have more agility, we're faster, our melanin, we, we, can, we, we can withstand so much more stuff and we're more creative than we are because we just actually have that within our DNA. They don't have that. And think about it. <clears throat> White people, all this shit started because they were looking for spices. They don't even season their fucking food. And you're looking for spices. Okay? You came up, you lucked up, and you said, where the fuck did this come from? And then also to so you know what I'm saying? Hold up, hold up, hold up. They they start this all started over spices. That's spices. It. But they but they still can't find seasoning. Make but it make that, sense. That's what I don't understand. I don't understand. I all the spices in the world and still it do not even season their food. I don't understand. It's always funny to me when they say, "Go back to your country. Go back to where you're from. Go back to so on and so forth." We were so, drugged here. <laughs> And let's look at history. See, so here's the thing with me. I'm very much about facts. 
I don't care how you feel. I like facts because facts, according to Webster's Dictionary, are proven events that can be proven regardless of how you feel. You can prove them at any point in time. So facts are that when a white person says, well, they would say this to me, but if a person said to me, go back to where you come from, okay, Jan, let's talk about this. You're Russian. Chances are your grandparents were originally, they migrated from Russia or from some other country outside the United States and they made this their home. None of us are from here. The only people who are truly from here are indigenous people. And thanks to the Spaniards by way of name Christopher Columbus, he pretty much killed them now, all of them off. And this and the funny part is, as far as like so we talk about like reparations and shit or whatever, I don't even know if you know this not one of my friends actually told me this. With like the Japanese, do you know they actually get reparations? Uh-huh. Holocaust survivors, they get reparations. All these people who have been victimized and been basically had their culture stolen and so many glass killed at the results of white people have pretty much literally been paid, because essentially essentially it's a payoff. Basically, they paid them off of this shit, which, I mean, I guess it's fine, whatever, but it's funny that you can do this for all these other cultures, but for black people, you don't extend the same thing. And then you get mad at us and we want equal rights, equal treatment. But again, facts is if it wasn't for the Moors, you were, you all as Europeans don't even know how to wash. You would not know how to read. You would not know math. You would not know how to cook. You wouldn't know anything about bathing. Black people literally taught you how to read, how to write, how to wash your asses, which I doubt because I don't even wash your legs. How to do all these things. Like we literally uh. We've taught you all basically how to be people and you don't even do any of this stuff. And the explain to me is how do you hate people that you brought here? Since you literally came and snatched up, you was my motherfucking business. You came and got us. Why are you mad at us? I know it's envy and you hate it. You hate it, and that's fine. But the deep, the deep thing about that is, though, let's talk about the black folks in Africa who stole some of us into slavery. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the black folks along the way who also had slaves themselves. Mm-hmm. Child. My thing is this. I don't believe in that whole bitch. We are, we, if you're guilty, you're guilty, regardless of who you are. And this whole notion, one thing I love about, I love us as people, as black people, but at the same time, I want us to hold everybody accountable. I don't care who you are, what you look like, if you're wrong, you're wrong, if you're right, you're right. And again, historically, you have to get from a historical standpoint. Black people sold niggas into slavery just like white folks did. Hmm. Black motherfuckers had slaves just like white folks did. Child, clearly. They're called Republicans now. And on that note, Come on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said they're called Republicans now. Well, shit. Um, so, in, in today's case of Leave Britney Alone. <clears throat> First of Brittany, all, I love, I love these segment titles. I love these segment titles. I love them. I need, <laughs> I need these on t-shirts, sweatshirts, jockstraps, and mugs. Okay, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Love it. I just needed to say, like, leave Brittany alone, going, starting down, going towards my shaft. I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. Continue. Carry on. Carry on. Carry on. This is, I mean, oh, we'll about this after the recording. This is fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, Brittany recently lost her request to have her father removed as a conservator. I don't know if anyone is familiar with 
the whole situation with Mrs. Spears. Excuse me, Miss Spears. Yeah, but, you know what? You know what? Recap me on this, because I, I vaguely know about it. Because I mean, I love Britney, but I've never really kind of followed her after the whole fiasco when she had that meltdown. But go ahead. So it stems from the fiasco. So basically, her father um, put in paperwork that she was basically mentally incompetent. I would say to run her own finances, let alone her own life. So he is her conservator. And he makes basically every call when it comes to not only her life, but also her business. So it's like, not only are you her manager, you oversee every aspect of her life. So she expressed concern that she was now scared of her father. She's also expressed concern that she had, like, she doesn't want to perform anymore thanks to this whole situation. Because it's not like she wants to, it's she's being forced to do so. Like, she doesn't even have control of her finances. He does. Mm. And what's even more fucked up about this situation to me is the fact that it is clear and apparent that Brittany is fragile mentally. Yes. And I don't think that she's ever found peace after everything happened. So for her to come out and say that she's fearful of her father. I believe that he's a big part of that. And it would make a lot of sense to me considering the fact that her, first of all, there has only been, and I don't even think there's one now, because I used to count, who did I used to count? Well, there's only like, there's a small percentage of Disney kids that made it out alive without bullshit. Absolutely. A very small that made it out alive, made it out with their own sanity and didn't have like, because, and the only one that kind of made it out was Justin. Everybody else lost their fucking mind. Well, Justin, Raven Simone was what? Justin, Raven Simone was, but she, she a Disney kid though? I don't think she was really. She was a child star, but she counts. She was a child star because she, she started counts. on copy. She got to Disney, but she yeah. was already a teenager by then. Well, Christina Aguilera. True. True, Christina too. But I don't, Christina hasn't had anything really major happen. She just turned out in many people's eyes to be a bitch. Which that's some regular shit. What yeah. So my yeah. thing is so question. So what exactly caused her meltdown Britney's years ago? Like I never I've never no known one knows. I've never been like a big Britney fan. Like she like she cool. Like we could go like have Starbucks together, but like I never like <laughs> She probably would have like that. You know what I think? I think if she has a, a really cool ass black friend to actually sit in there and be very real, I think they would actually get everything together. Because, and just hear me out. Everything, I've realized that everything that has kind of transpired since then, um, you never really get the full story. It's always been like, well, she, she, this happened, and you're like, well, what, what the hell, what made it happen like that, you know? And they're like, oh, well, you know, we don't know, but, but if she had a black friend that was actually really advocating for her ass, they'd be like, look, bitch, something ain't, look, this ain't right, this is what the fuck they doing, and her daddy has been on her ass since day one. We need for right. her, I just, She's mentally exhausted because her father is riding on her ass, literally. So my whole thing is, first of all, I guess I don't understand legally how do you even do this. That's one. Well, see, Second, he took advantage of the meltdown. 
That's what mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, mind you, when she had the meltdown, she already had two kids. She has two kids, the two two boys, and mm-hmm. she has this whole meltdown. So now she has the whole meltdown. Now they can paint her as, oh well, she's mentally off. She has kids. It's unsafe for the kids. The kids are taken away from her. They're with her ex husband, or was were they married? Yes, they were her. They were her ex husband. Yeah, ex-husband. Now he has the kids. He has full custody. She has to get her shit together. She just shaved the whole head off. Now she's looking like Marlon. And, you know... First of all, (laughs) (laughs) this is my kind of... This is my kind of trolling. I'm I'm, I'm living. I'm living here. I love it. Look, that's the theme for today. So, she going through it. And what I can do because I've already I'm already managing you. You you're my daughter. I'm already managing you. I'm already quite frankly, all bullshit aside, it really didn't make no difference either way if he was actually controlling her career or not, because he was already doing it. He just legally made sure that he was able to do that. Yeah, I, I found he he was trying to find a way to do it. She fucked up because she was still having him as his man as her manager and he took advantage and said, I'm gonna hold everything that you got going on, all of this is going to be officially mine legally. So my thing is, I wonder what happens when he dies. The what? See, no. What was happening was because the conservatorship is still on her, she would need someone to take over the role. So they were trying to get her sister to be her conservator. They wanted Jamie to do it. The judge shot that down. I don't understand why can't she just find why there legally has to be a way for her to be like in so many times I'm a grown ass woman nothing is wrong with me well you know what I feel like at this point it would be in the hands of maybe uh, a psychologist or a therapist that's what I'm saying Mm -hmm. to like mentally like analyze her and say that she's stable enough to take care of herself but with the way that he has a grip on the situation and the fact that Brittany has literally not been the same since. She still is like, Brittany do shit now. You be looking at her like, girl, all right, somebody pass the rooms because at any moment, you know, but uh, it's all messed up. And we move on to the next topic. Um, let's see here. We're not going to be here much longer. You better give us the church announcements. Come on. <laughs> I won't be before you long. Um, we won't be here very long. You know, there's refreshments in the back. <laughs> the dining hall. Fellowship hall. Okay. In the fellowship hall. That's right. The good, look, the good cookies are in look, the back. We got in the back. Some sorbet and ginger ale, bitch. Might have a little orange juice. You got hurt to get to with that. So, um, only two more things, um, we could write kind of tie these in together. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um and today I wanna say it in a new installment, I'm gonna call this Rapper's Delight. Um Unfortunately, the first half of this is not good news. Um, we've lost another rapper to senseless violence. Um, in Dallas, a rapper by the name of Mo, name spelled M-O-3, um, was shot uh, following a high-speed chase on a Dallas freeway. He, was, he unfortunately succumbed to his injuries. 
And um, <clears throat> somewhere in the village, Zaya Wade has on a fresh wig. The the lace is the lace is invisible. It parts just to the side enough to hang, and she is flaring her gun because how the hell did Boozy get shot on his birthday in his leg? <laughs> Bitch. Bitch, what? <laughs> I went there yesterday. Oh, so my cousin. So we have a group chat, a family chat. It's me, my aunt, and my two cousins. And so my cousin said that yesterday, and I was just like, uh, and mom was like, "What?" She was like, "You." I was like, "I said, well, first of all, he's a homophobe. He condones pedophilia. He is extremely misogynist. He's fascist. He's just everything that you can think of wrong with the nigga. And he don't drink water. Because look at those eyes. And I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he got jaundice. I don't feel I, I don't like anymore. I don't wish like I don't I don't wish death upon anybody, but at the same time, I don't really I'm not moved. Like it's you literally went on this whole rant talking about a child. Like talking about a child and it was not the good the fact that you literally admitted that you set your son up with a grown woman to have sex with his virginity. Hello, uh, because that's what? Rape and pedophilia, bitch. I don't feel I, I I don't feel for you. In the words of Tiffany Power, I don't know that. Um, <laughs> that this is very matronly. Um, you know, this is very this is very poor. Um, <laughs> Not poor. Dude. I'm just I'm just I'm confused. I'm trying to figure out where the hell was he for him to be able to get his leg shot. At? Probably some amount of somebody else's business. That's as per usual, I mean that goes without saying. Hold on, I'm pulling up the story right now. Let's have a key, let's have a key cattle. It's about that time. Um, let's see here. Let me see if I can pull it up. Hold on, I'm scrolling. Here it goes. So, Boozy was shot in the leg in Dallas, according to police uh, um, sources. It says he was shot in the leg. Of course, also alleged that the rapper is not giving any details to the police. It's also stated that. His injuries are non-threatening, which means he will make a recovery from this. Who knows who cares, Chad? You Honestly, you know what? He probably was at a, somewhere with his homeboys or whoever the fuck he was with, and they got too drunk, somebody got shot, they had to call it, and I don't, I don't even think anything really went down for him to be getting shot. It's given very much my growler or grinder date went wrong and they realized it was me and I just went and sent him a face pic. So he just pulled out the gat and got to shoot and I don't understand. <laughs> you know what? Uh, Cut the cameras. Also, two more things and both of these kind of tie, kind of sort of in a way if you will tie together. Um, yesterday, there was it started with Hitmaker, then it went to fifty six. Um they announced that Jeremiah is has contracted COVID nineteen and it's actually not in a good process because he was rushed to the hospital and he's on a ventilator and they said it's not good. Mm-hmm. Um also for the girls that think COVID the first state to reopen thinking it was a joke has now surpassed a million cases. Texas. Texas. Mm. It's Texas. 
So now here we are, and of course, most states. I know, I believe Illinois is the first like really go back to stage one, as far as I can know, as far as the states. So yeah. Illinois they went back to stage one, yeah, as an entire see, state. A lot of these southern states, it was gonna back. Well, see, here's the thing, Doctor Fauci. I hate ignorant people. Doctor Fauci had already said months ago when back in March, matter of fact. Because when we went and shut down, now Chicago, Chicago had already, by the time they actually officially shut everything down, it had already been two weeks for Chicago, by the way. This, all the other southern states officially shut down after two weeks. They only stayed shut down for two weeks before they started opening everything up. And Dr. Fauci literally said, you guys, this is going to backfire if you open up the states so soon. You let everybody out. They going out. They having fun in the middle of the summer, yada, yada, yada. He already said, listen, by the end of this year, it's going to be a fool. If you do not buckle down now, it's going to be a fool. Now, everybody's going around here like chickens with their head cut off. And this is almost damn near the walking dead at this point because people are dropping like flies and people are still flying out, going out, having fun, acting like everything's fine. It's not fine. Especially Florida, Texas, Georgia. Top three off gate. A fool. Illinois, majority of Illinois, especially in this area, a fool. Why? No one's taking this seriously. And I highly doubt that um, any of these artists, like for him, I'm pretty sure he was still flying. He was still flying. He was still out. I doubt he had a, a mask on because, you know, you don't give a fuck. You're in the studio. You let random niggas come in and out, bitches and stuff. You don't know what they've been, but you're still going to do what you want to do. Now it's catching up and people don't realize that like, this is real. This is not just a quote unquote poor person's problem. This is not a regular, you know, uh, civilian problem. This is a huge problem. This, this, this shit has nobody's name on it. Nobody's name on it. So yeah. I can tell but you, know it, it don't matter who you are. It don't matter yeah. how much money you have in the bank. Be mindful. Wear a mask. Sanitize. Well, I like you got personal hygiene, damn it. Well, you know, um, a lot of girls never had that to begin with. So that's why we got a bulk of this problem anyway. Yeah, this is also also true. <laughs> but, I mean, it's always been like that. Like, I mean, like imagine pre-COVID. Think about it. Pre-COVID. You go to the club. Mm-hmm. Y'all know you're getting drinks and shit. As soon as you get into the club, there's drinks and shit all on the floor. There's everything in the floor. And then don't get to the bathroom. A horror film. All right. So to know that we as Americans are not even as sanitized as we should be, especially New York. And New York was a gag for me, too. But, uh, I could listen. I could speak for New York because I was still coming back and forth to the city at the peak of COVID. There was, it looked like a ghost town. You would not believe that was New York back in April. Like, I could speak. I had a whole subway car to myself going into the city. And this is back when 
you had the squeeze to get on the train to get to New York during the morning commute. It was they, it was night and day yeah. at the beginning of COVID. Yeah, like <laughs> nights and day. Charm. But that concludes my section of the show. It's time for Bussy Talk. Yeah, yes, let's get into this Bussy Talk. English man. Let's get Come on, flexibility. Come on now. I give honor to God, who is the head of my life, you know. Yes! <laughs> and the legend, the legendary mothers and those before us. Right, because we hang out with the legendary children. That's it. That's it, and that's all. So, Bussy Talk this week, um, just keep everybody abreast. Bussy Talk is all things gay and LGBTQ. Um, sometimes there are fun facts. Sometimes there are random conversations that the children are obsessed with. You know, you never know with Bussy Talk. But this week... I want to pose a question to all of us that will segue us into our topic, kind of. Sort of in a way, if you will. Sort of, kind of, not really, but kind of, yeah. So, let's talk about the obsession the gays have with, and I want you all to weigh in on this for me. Ain't no good niggas in my city. I'm going to have to date somebody elsewhere. You all feel that this is true? Or do you feel it's false? My thing is, you ain't dated all the niggas in your city. Or have you? And that's how you clear a bitch, Lone Star. Anybody else? How you feel about it? Lanethia. Girl. Have you found that you've had better connections with people outside of your city and state? I prefer not to date a man from New Jersey. Okay. I'm like, sorry. Here's the Good thing. Trash. like, you can have connections. So, like, I've dated people outside of Chicago or what have you. Like, you can have connections outside of the city or the, you can have connections outside of the city or the state that you live in, or have, but that doesn't mean that there aren't any good men where you are. Maybe you just haven't connected with those men. And my thing at the same time is also have you put yourself in the space to be with those people? Or have you mm-hmm. going, how are you being the people that you've met before? Maybe you need to change up your routine. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, like are, you putting your, are you making yourself available to meet new people in your area? It's, just, it's a or, lot of factors to that. Or, or, maybe it's you, sis. That could be it, too. I have to stop people and say that all the time because this was something that like I always want to kind of gag over because people are all of the gays are always quick to say ain't no good man in my city. 
like all of them are trash. And I have to ask myself every time, it's like, I mirror a lot of the things that you said, Amon, like it makes a lot of sense. Like, bitch, well, have you changed up your environment? How are you meeting these people? Like, where are you going? All this other stuff. What is your focus? But then I have to go, why is it that everybody you meet is trash? When have you done the self-reflection for yourself? What is it about your your bussy that's attracting trash? How about that? Maybe your bussy is trash then. I mean, you know, maybe it has a maintenance sign on it. Maybe somebody's paying attention to the mop that's sticking out of it. Maybe your waist I don't I don't understand. It's possible. But, I mean, but that's just like the whole like that conversation is very much up there with the whole when gay niggas be like, men are trash. Niggas ain't shit. I'm sorry. I hate to sorry. 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 Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't mean no harm. And that's my business, yes. Um <laughs> but, um I don't know if you know beloved, but you that thing between your legs is a is a is a dangling off on the penis that makes you genetically I don't care nothing about I understand pronouns, but that's great. According to genetics, though, darling, you're a man yourself, okay? So when you say men are trash, you are calling yourself trash. The problem is with yourself, beloved, okay? It's with you, not with them. It's with you. The problem is you. So I I I just hate people. I hate when people try and put their insecurities or their issues on a mass group of people. Like, oh, men are just terrible beings. No, they're not. That's that's a lie. Your experiences may show that, but you can't put all men in the same. Because again, you yourself are a man. And again, I go back to the fact of what is it? What is it about you that's attracting these type of men? Yeah. Are you putting out dog food? Yeah. Have you, have, the, you done, have you not done that self reflection, dear? Did you leave these? Did you leave these niggas alone? For at least a month to work on you, do your homework, yeah. your journaling. Work well, on that you day. know, I think I'm one of the exceptions. Okay. Uh, considering that I was raised in the South, the majority of the men there were either DL or religiously confused. All right. Oh, child. So, you know, they, I didn't mess with a lot of DL men. Um, because they were they were struggling with their own sexuality, you know, trying to figure out. I hate when the the niggas were like, you know, oh my gosh, you know, what are you doing to me? Like, bitch, what the? I'm not. What you at? What you at? What you you at? already know what I'm on. You, I know what you want when you want it. So what's the problem? So, um, I didn't have an issue like that. I think I got to the point where it was like, look, I want to do that. Is just. Cause I'm a PDA kind of person, and I can't be just I can't do all that. I already knew off gate, so, um, you know, I dated you know two guys before I even moved up here to Chicago. Um, I dated two guys. It was cute, but you know you could still feel that they were trying to figure out themselves. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. But when I got here to Chicago, let me tell you, I didn't even move here yet. Okay, I literally came up here. I, I kid you not. I literally came up here to visit for my birthday that year. Mm-hmm. And you know, I had my little Jack profile, my little Growler profile. You know, you on the app. Right. The whole weekend, it blew up. 
And this and these weren't from men that were just you know DL or whatever. You know, some of them got you got some of them they want to fuck whatever. But majority of them were, oh my gosh, you're a very beautiful guy. Can we go out on a date? Can we talk? Can we do this, this, and the third? I was like, what? Y'all want a date? A date? Right. Who said that? Yeah. So, uh, what I realized is that um, it really depends on it on the area. Now, if you just, you know, fucking trash, you just gonna be trash anyway. Um, some men, majority, well, a good hand of them are trash. Now, I will say that. We'll, we'll give that. A handful of them are trash. But you have to take the time to know what it is that you want and how you how you present yourself. Because that goes a long way. Just how you present yourself, that's going to attract everything else that comes along. And then when you know yourself, you're going to cut off anything that doesn't even make sense to you. If it don't even make, a, make sense. Like, I just had to cut a nigga off a few months ago because he was very inconsistent. Great guy. Very affectionate. Had no issues claiming me in December third. You just very inconsistent. So now I have to cut you off. So yes, it really de- it really depends on uh, the type of person that you are to get the kind of guy that you want. Yeah, pretty much. Listen, if you are a consistent gay male, all niggas ain't shit. Sometimes you gotta reflect on yourself. Sometimes you gotta bring right. out to your city and get some shit to get different results. And that's just that. Right. Well, thank y'all for participating in Bussy Talk. We are going to transition right on over to the thread, our main topic of the evening. This evening, we are talking about the great barrier, letting your guard down as it pertains to dating. So, um, I'm going on this topic. It's a wiggle for me. I think that it's a good one. It's the shimmy. It's the shimmy for me. It's, yes. You know, you know what you're giving me? You know what you're giving me? You know what you're giving me? <laughs> 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 yeah. So, um, there are lots of us that have the experience of. Everybody's been single at least once. Um, you said what? Oh, I said everyone's been single at least once in their life. Absolutely. So um, there's always been this kind of, some people take some time to get back into the playing field. Some people jump right back into it. They don't really care. But all in all, everyone has a time frame on opening back up to new relationships and new possibilities. And sometimes it's harder for others than, you know, the average male or whatever. So I want to jump in with my first question and ask the room, would you consider yourself open with your energy or guarded? Guarded. Guarded. And why? (laughs) My energy is guarded because, you know, there's this thing called I don't trust easily. Mm -hmm. So it's automatically guarded. Like, one of my love languages is acts of service. So, mm-mm, mm-mm. you, you got to work for it. Sorry, guard it. Okay. What about y'all? So mine is very much open because um, with me, I give myself time. 
So, funny enough, we're having this conversation. Um, I've been single now. It'll be a year the Friday before Christmas. Okay. It was when me and my ex broke up. And so, like, I'm literally just now starting to open myself up to dating. It's like I have, like, the, I like the little Facebook dating thing or whatever. I'm not really big on, like, the jack and the grind and stuff because I'm not looking for, I'm not looking just for fuck. Like, that's nice. It, it has its place. But. You're a gentleman of the Lord. <laughs> Tell them. You saved. <laughs> We'll say that for the save callers on this line, but the reality <laughs> is I'll be, 30, I'll be 37 in two weeks, and to me, it's nothing cute about being 37 and still being a whore. I just, I, you know, if that's your thing, that's cool, but to me, just for myself personally, it's nothing cute about being 37 and still being a player. So to speak, like at some point, you at some point you would want to, I think, settle down and have a family or a life of your own. Um, I always tell the story for me personally, and the one of the reasons why I am the way I am is I remember the first time I ever went out to a gay club. I went to Club Escape, and exactly. And so, well, I had a great time. I had a great, great time. But I remember going in, this is during the time when like a Nietzsche was out, Jabot, and all that stuff, whatever. And I remember walking in and seeing all these older men who are like in their 40s and 50s dressed like they were 20 in these Nietzsche and these Timberlands. And they just looked like, and I'm not saying that these clothes are targeted, I'm not saying they're supposed to be worn by a specific age group, but they looked out of place. You know what I'm saying? Like they looked like they were just basically doing this to try and fit in. And I just often wonder older men who are like out at gay clubs. I see older men who do a lot of things to like to get attention from like different people or whatever. You often wonder what what didn't go right, like what what happened along the way. Like why is it that you're at this age, and why don't you have somebody to share your life with? Like what you know what I'm saying? Like and not and not judging, but just really asking like what. What happened? Like, did you not stop playing the field? Did you just keep on thinking that you had more time today? Did you know time got away from you? But yeah, I don't know. Just for me, um, very much open because again, I give my I give myself time. I don't believe in jumping back into the next thing. I just personally for myself, I can't do that. I need time mm-hmm. to deal with what happened. Why whatever happened? I need to give myself time to heal and grow and take that experience and apply that to something else. Uh, well, I'm open. Okay. I'm not really guarded. Um, I'm a very. I realize that I'm an unconditional lover. I'm, Speak the truth. I'm unconditional, but I still have my boundaries, and I. But I've had to learn to grow those boundaries. Um, so for me, um, if I love you, I love you, and if we're not together, I still love you. But, you know, people, people don't understand that there are different phases of what love is. Like, if I'm in a relationship with you and we're together, yes, I love you. We're together. I'm going to do whatever it is, you know, that I can as far as the relationship is concerned. We're together. Now, if we're not together, I still love you. I still, I still love you. You know, for who you are, I love everything about you, but my love has shifted. It's still unconditional. If you call me, if you need something, I'll be more than happy to do whatever it is that I can for you. 
However, when it comes down to an actual relationship, as far as being companions, that's not happening because we've already tried it and it's not that that didn't work. It didn't work for us. And I've already by the time we even ended the relationship, I've already I've already learned my lesson. So I can be able to be like, okay, I'm cool. I understand that this has ended and it ended for this reason. And I've already, I get, honestly, I give myself maybe a week, two weeks tops, depending on how crazy it was. Um, Mm -hmm. Like my last relationship, I literally gave that two weeks because I was on and off for that relationship for three years. You get what I'm saying? But by the time it ended, I had already knew that it was time to go, that it was time, it was supposed to end. And even though it ended, I still love you. I still love who you are. I love, you know, I I love, I mean, obviously I was in a relationship with you for me to love you. So I, it's still there. It's just now I have to put a barrier. This is where it's at. I can't be in a relationship with you no more. And as of right now, it's even if, like I have to realize, even if I'm, with this particular relationship, if I talk to you, if we even have a conversation, I know for a fact that I would be super drawn to you because we've it's it's been tit, it's been back and forth for so long. I have to completely not talk to you. I, it's going to take me a minute to even have a conversation with you for for now because I know where it's at. But I've already healed and moved on. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, I'm very open. I've learned through the last few times of me being in a relationship how to grow and move on. And I will continue to be, you know, an open person. I don't feel like I'm damaged. I don't feel like um, someone hurt me, so I have to go out here and do the same thing. Like I've never, I've never been that person. And um, there are a lot of things that I've um, endured during. Um, certain relationships and I mean Amon can tell you like Amon would be very quick he'd be like I don't see how the hell you do it you know <laughs> no for a he's, he's, thing. so like with me um John has a John has a softness and a niceness to him that I think I probably had at one point but I just don't have it anymore. What I mean by that is, um, to, that I've before. So with him, he gives more people chances than they deserve. Mm. With myself, of course, you know, because of course we're human, of course we're gonna make mistakes and stuff. At the same time though, you're not gonna keep playing in my face. That's what we're not gonna do. Uh, you know, after, after, to my thing, the thing is this, if you continue, if I tell you something is bothering me, and you continuously do it, number one, you don't respect me. Secondly, you don't care to make these changes because you took the wrong with your behavior. Third of all, you're comfortable with this behavior. So since you're comfortable with this behavior, because primarily you don't respect me and you don't respect the things I'm telling you that are bothering me, I'm going to leave you with your things by yourself. I'm not, I'm not built for the... I'm not gonna tell no grown ass man that you. I'm not gonna tell no grown ass man over and over again that you doing that you doing sucker ass goof ass shit. I'm not doing that. You are an adult, and my thing is, it's nobody's job in a relationship. It's not my job to be a therapist. I'm your boyfriend. 
I'm not your therapist, I'm not your mother. It's not my concern why you do the things that you do. It's my concern that you're doing these things because you have not dealt with these things. And as a result, I now have to deal with these things because you have un because you have undealt with issues. And so with mm. John, John very much is very loving, which is great. But as I said before, he gives people a lot of chances more than they deserve. And it pisses me off because you know as a friend, you sit back and you know you you, you can pretty much gauge when somebody is a good match, so to speak. So in some cases with your friend, at the same time, you sit back and you're looking at the, the cause and effect, uh, the goofy shit that this person is doing to your friend, it's like, okay, what are you doing, beloved? Yeah. Well, see, right. and this is what I'm saying. So this last relationship, I learned that... Um, It's okay if the relationship failed. Mm-hmm. It's okay mm. that it failed, and it's not your fault. It just it Same was here. it was over. Cause I'm the type of person I will ride through the shit till the the wheels fall off. And when that fall off, bitch, if we still pushing it, we gonna do it. But I had to I had to definitely learn that if it's done, it's done. Let it go. It's okay. Um, Cause I didn't want to seem like a failure. Like any of my relationships, you you really do want it to work. When you really are invested in into it, you really want it to work. But if it's if it's done, if it's failed, if, if it's failed, you're not a failure. It's okay. You did you did what you were supposed to do. Let it go. Move on. And that's what I've learned. Now I can take that on for whatever relationship I go into next and understand. Bitch, if this is failing, I gotta let it go. It's failing. I can't keep dragging it on because I was trying to figure out why I was dragging the relationship for for three years when it really should have only lasted for six months. Talk about it. Well, you know, I, you know, all of those are like learned life lessons. And as we grow and we evolve in love and evolve in ourselves, mm-hmm. we learn the things that work and the things that don't for us. Mm-hmm. We all love differently. Mm-hmm. And like I always try to challenge people to take a deeper look within yourself and within your past and think about and really focus on the type of environment that you grew up in, your vision of love as a child, and how that plays out in you as an adult. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of us have a tainted view of what love is because our vision of love um, when we were young was already skewed in some shape, form, or fashion. There are many of us that grew up in single-family homes. So your vision of love really is rooted in how your mama or whoever raised you dealt with their romantic relationships. And you have, by osmosis, kind of vicariously taking that into yourself and into your own being Mm -hmm. and manifesting it in a way that it shows up how it does. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm. next question. Ooh, shit, y'all. <laughs> mm. Is it easier to open up to friendships or new romantic relationships? And why? Mm. Mm-hmm. See, I find it, for me, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm a lover through and through, I am open to both pretty naturally and easily, like I don't have a problem. 
I've just now in my later years, I've learned a little bit more about boundaries. So it's become a little bit different for me now because there mm-hmm. are things now where I am learning how to set up my boundaries better and not just accept everybody because again, my vision of love comes from my mother. My mother loved everybody until you prove yourself differently. But you have called me a bitch the other day, so I need to understand. And that's because you was being a fucking bitch, but I still love you. Who the fuck is you calling a bitch stuff? Oh, Lanson. Anyway, so. Cut the camera. (laughs) Cut the camera. The girls are fighting. Cut the camera. The girls are fighting. What's going on? (laughs) So, yeah. So, for me, it's either or. It doesn't really matter. I'm pretty. I would say it's easy for me to open to a friendship. Like, I'm, I've, I've been, oh Jesus, I hate saying this out loud again. June of next year will make it seven years, and with that time has come extreme guards when it comes to romantic relationships mm-hmm. it's easy for you to be my friend first okay. I would prefer it at this point in life be my friend first but re- like talking about anything as far as a relationship that's gonna come with time I'm not I'm not forcing that at all at this point okay. mm. easier for friendships or relationships honestly I've never um I never thought about it because, like Marla said, I'm I'm a lover through and through, and I'm I'm my I'm my present self in all situations. Like I'm not, um, I don't know. I think it's weird when people be. I don't, I don't say weird, but I just think it's different when people try to put on a facade until they get comfortable with you. And maybe I don't know. Maybe it's my age. Maybe it's just maybe it's just where I am in my own life now. I just don't feel the like I don't feel the need to do any of that. Like, what you see, who I who I am. And I guess, like, that's how you describe it as this. I have people all the time. Who you see me being on social media, bitch, that's who the fuck I am. Right. I'm not famous. I'm not a celebrity. I don't have a following. <laughs> I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, like, who I am is who I am. So I don't really, I don't know. I just, I'm very, the thing is too, I'm a very open person. So I have no problem at all sharing my struggles, my story, whatever. I'm very much, I'm me in all situations. So I really don't know. I would guess possibly uh, maybe friendship because in friendship, it's it's not involving that in love aspect, like that, like that second hole of your heart, so to speak. So it's like, you know, it's still like, I'm like, I'm trying to think, of, I'm trying to think of, a, of a proper way to put this. So like, for example, it's like me and Marlon, me and Marlon have been friends for a Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, second hole of your heart. Keep going. You had a flashback. Okay. You had a flashback, Marlon. You got a child. I remember. Yeah. I'm about to say, do you need the floor to have a phrase break? Do you? Let me get my yeah. one. Let me get my Vicky Widener's wig. Hold on one second. Look, look, look. Let me get a clap going. Let me get a clap. Right. Okay. You shout. Look, you shout. Let, me my, look, keep going. let me get my Vicky Wine this week real quick. Hold on. <laughs> 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 I'm out. 
I'm out of it. <laughs> and I'm sure at least he's a kid in heels. No, but um, at least I don't know. Like I said, I'm, my thing is is if I had, I guess if I had to choose one, I'd probably say maybe friendship. Because again, with you know, with when you love, you love your friends, but you're not in love with your friends. So that's a whole different mm-hmm. gamut. Um, I'm saying in love to like romantically. Like that's a I'm whole saying. different gamut. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the friendship that I have, like with John and Marlon. That's that's love, but as far as as far as like romantically, like in love, in love, like that's a whole different set of emotions and feelings and everything. So yeah. Ooh. Um. Ooh. That really is it. You will give us uh, a really a critical thinking piece. Um. You know how I do it. I think. I, honestly, I think a little bit of both. Okay. And what I mean by that is, um, even with trying to start a relationship, like the foundation automatically is you have to build a friendship. Like that foundation has to happen, right? So mm-hmm. if we're just talking, we're friends, I'm trying to get to know you, you're trying to get to know me. Um, on that aspect, it's it's just it, it's, it's a basic level. Um, I've actually had it to where, um, one of my, my friends ended up being someone that I was potentially wanting to actually be with. Um, (laughs) okay. I did that for visual purposes. I'm going to tell you for the the, the cameras. No, but it was, yeah, it was me. Yeah. Look, plot twist. Look, plot twist. It was me. I was the friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. oh, oh, okay. I'm fluffy. I got a beard. Oh, and girl. I can cook. Oh, girl. She's a total package, by the way. She's versatile. She's single. Put your name out there, boy. Get your model. Look, look, model. Model, like, right. Okay. You trying to be telling his number is 312? You know, we'll talk about that. Um. But yeah, it's, I have to say both. Um. I know with, like, my best friends, um, they know a, uh, they would know a lot more about who I am and what I feel before my significant other would because it takes time as far as being a significant other or being in a relationship to really be vulnerable because you have to figure out okay um, you know um, how this person is how, how do they act um, when it comes to other, you, you can just see like how they react with other people's uh, feelings if they're being vulnerable with them. Like just witnessing that, see how that would act. You know how they will react. How do they talk to them? Are they even open to really wanting to talk? So you have to look at all those other aspects. So it takes. I'd rather talk to my friends and be vulnerable with them, knowing who they are. By the way. Mm-hmm. Um, no, because you, you got to know who they are as well. Because um, you know some some friends. You, I mean, there's there's a whole other story about friends. There's a category on that. But um, 
I would rather be more vulnerable with my friends before I would be with any significant other. Because for me, if I'm being very vulnerable with you by this time, that means we've already invested a good amount of time together. You know, mm-hmm. you know my triggers. You know what bothers me. Um, I know what bothers you. Um, I know how to not give off any triggering words or how to trigger you um, or not push your buttons. Like that takes time. So it t- it takes me a lot more easier to be vulnerable with my friends before I would with a relationship. But the foundation still has to be there. Gotcha. All right. Cool. I All right, like so we're gonna do two though. Huh, what you saying? Yeah, I feel like I was rambling. Shit. So we're gonna do two more questions, we're gonna wrap it up. So my next question is if you have your guards up or when you have your guards up, what are some reasons why you feel they're necessary? Repeat the question for me again, I'm sorry. So like when you have your guards up as it pertains to the possibility of going into a new relationship, why is it necessary to have your guards up for you? Mm-hmm. Well, see, I have a sixth sense. Come on, intuition. I, meaning, I, and I've told her, like, this happened when, you remember when we were talking to that one guy? And I was like, I don't think which one. <laughs> it's been plenty of them. But, <laughs> oh, uh, wait a minute. Don't do that. It, I mean, it has. It's been plenty of guys. I've, I've told I am them. the time. I am right, the time. Right, right. Um, you remember? The guy that came over, we were talking, and he was saying Phaedra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said Candy, and yeah. I said that she's not the one because yeah. he said Phaedra. <laughs> at the time, at the time, because it was going, they were going through some shit. But um, I have a six, a sixth sense when it comes to um, entering something that could be potentially possible, um, because I have to pay attention. I have to be aware of all the signs. You know, um, especially at this point, um, it's, you know, um, how do you carry yourself? How do you treat your friends? Um, How do you treat your family? Are you family oriented? You know, I have to be aware for all of that. Are you are you mentally stable? Are you financially, you know, stable? And if you're not, where is that? Where's your plan? How that's going on? Um, How, you know, just I can literally go on one date and talk to the guy for maybe five minutes and I already know whether or not it's going to work. Like that's where I've been at. Um, and then there's, and, but the problem is, is that earlier on, I've, cause of course I'm young, naive. I've, I've sensed it, but I disregard it. All the flags are already there. I disregard it. I'm like, you know what? We'll see where it goes. You know, let's continue to see where it goes. And it's like, the flags are like, okay, bitch, they're here. They're really in your face, but you can't see nothing else. What the fuck are you doing? Um, but I've grown to actually learn to be like, listen, this ain't gonna be it. This dude ain't it for me. I know this is not it for me. Like he, he already talking about going to a sex party. If I've gone to a sex party, I'm, I mean, we've already, we've already had the so talk. So he's mentioning that because I went on, I had a date, I think two weeks ago. And literally, it was our first time meeting. And on the date, the guy asked me about sex parties. And he was trying to get me to go to sex parties. And again, there's nothing wrong with that stuff. But 
this is literally like like this is literally the first time we're being face to face. This is our first date, and you mentioned that you go to sex parties, which I guess is always letting me know in advance, which is cool. But when I tell you, when I, he asked me about it, I was like, no, I've never been. And he was like, why haven't you gone? And I told him, I said, well, you know, it's not really my thing. I said, I have interest. I, I would, like, the sexual side of me definitely loves the idea, but the germaphobe in me, he can't let me, he just won't let me do it. I was like, and then with COVID and shit right now, I really ain't fucking with it. And he was like, I don't know. He was like, I think, I think you should come. I can get you to come. I was like, no, I'm good. No, like, but- he, like, he kept pressing the issue. And it's like, you're not getting, first of all, this is awkward. Let's, let's start there. Because I'm literally for the first time. Like, this is literally the first time we're in the park having coffee. This is literally the conversation that you're having. And then, mind you, we had the whole conversation, of course, of what are you looking for? And as I say, anybody, I date with intention. I date with the intention that this will lead to marriage. I want to get married. I want a family. Like, I'm very much a person. I know what I want. I'm, and I'm not I'm, fucking around with, with you. Honey. Okay, right. <laughs> honey, honey, okay, get that Come name. On, okay. <laughs> I want my name dropped. Meaning I want to get married, honey. You know, but for real. Fucking around <laughs> with you. Okay. What? That means I want to be married. They don't have a child. Okay. <laughs> no, but like, it's just, um, for me, it's, it's so, it's, oh, God. Dating at, I will say this, dating at 36 is so different than dating at 20. And I feel like it's so uh. different. And I feel like it's different now for a lot of different reasons. Like, the one thing I will, I'm not going to say social media. Social media is a part of it. But I think that, I think with a lot of men, I think men, I think a lot of black gay men are very easily distracted. And a lot of black gay men are extremely over, overly stimulated. And so it's, mm-hmm. like, it's like a lot of black gay men want the next best thing. So to speak, so they feel that a lot of times the grass is green on the other side, and it's like, okay, great, you know, like this man may aesthetically be amazing, but spiritually he's horrible. He has no morals. He doesn't know how to pray for you. He doesn't know how to. He doesn't know how to uh, manifest anything. Like he just, you can have all of these components on paper, but you can lack so much stuff internally. And I feel, I really feel like with a lot of gay men, especially black gay men. We're so hell-bent on this conceptualized idea of what romance is supposed to look like. As far as you're supposed to have all this money, you need to live here, you have to drive this kind of car. We romanticize everything outside of the actual romance. If that mm. Like, we romance the idea of living downtown in a high-rise and, you know, wearing East St. Laurent's. And going out to dinner at, at Gibson's every other couple of days and having the finest mink and driving a Rolls Royce. And it's like, those things are cool, but it's like, what are you going to do if God be your partner gets sick? I mean, well, you know, not for nothing, a lot of us as gay, same gender loving, queer men, we were never. Hello. You better, you, better, you better give me. You better give me the terms. You fucking educator. You fucking so educator for you. Know what I'm doing. Teaching the girls how to use their Separate voices. them. That's okay. it. Okay. <laughs> but um, we romanticize these things because we were never specifically for those of us that were born before '99. Mm-hmm. 
we didn't have a vision of queer love. Mm-mm. We didn't know what that looked like. Didn't. So we had to do one of two things, either create our own narratives, which is what a lot of us did, or um, try to follow the blueprint of straight romance, or what we saw growing up, which again... <laughs> takes us back to this space where we get shit fucked up to begin with because we don't have representation, which is why representation matters and all that bullshit. But definitely get what the fuck you say. This is I know this is weird though because like so like for me I grew up in a single I grew up in a single household. Luckily for me, my I had my grandmother and my aunts who helped my mom raise me and it was very much like so for me and my family, the women are basically the backbone of my family. The men, they cool. But my family has a strong, they cool, you know, they cool, they got their place. But the women in my family have a strong presence and they're very much strong, strong will, independent. They know what they want. They know how, they know how to make a way out of no way to make it, to be described women in my family. And the good thing is like, so for example, with my grandmother and my grandfather, they got married, my grandmother was 18. And I think they separated when my grandmother was like 28, maybe 30, somewhere in there. And my their relationship is so weird. It's not. I don't know if it's a sign of when they got married because they got married in like the the forties or the fifties, and so they never divorced. They were just separated. And to make a long story short, they never even when they both died. Like when my grandfather, my grandfather died when I was twelve. He he died like in ninety six. And when my grandfather passed, like my grandmother cried. Like I mean, like who cried? And I was asking about like I was like, what's wrong with you? Like. And she told me she was just like she like even though we weren't together, she was like, I still like I still love him. She was like, he's the first, she was like he was my he was my grandmother's first. And she had a love for him that even though he was the cause of their separating, she still mm-hmm. loved him. And my grandfather later on they basically came to, he basically came to my grandmother and apologized for the way in which things ended. And he basically stood up, he basically took responsibility for his actions. And the one thing my grandmother was big on, my grandmother was never, she was never big on um, holding grudges. Her whole philosophy was, she said, she was always saying, she's like, maybe holding grudges won't get you in heaven. She said, people are going to do what they going to do. She said, it's not your job to hold the grudge against them. She said, let them. She said, you know, it's not, I'm not condoning what they're doing. She said, but people are going to do what they're going to do. And you can't mm-hmm. make somebody love you. That's real. You have to, she said, you have to love yourself enough to leave them where they are. That's a word. That's a word. <laughs> that is a real That's word. word. That's a word right there. All right, y'all. So we're going to move on to this last question. Then we're going to close it out. Um, so, what are some practices you do to heal from past romantic trauma? <sighs> Damn. We should be healthy it. or unhealthy. <laughs> it don't matter. What do you do? First of all, I'm not going to give you another topic like this ever again. But you're going to give me all the topics and I'm going to do all the things. Because I'm like, the hell? I literally gave this talk to you, what, Wednesday? Hello. For me, I don't really have like a a ritual or Mm -hmm. a process. Um, 
one thing I guess I guess my process quote unquote would be um I give myself time. For me, I mm. for me for me being for me spiritually, I just can't jump from one person to the next. I just I can't do it. I have to mm-hmm. give myself time to get you off of me. Not being, you know, you know what I'm saying? I, have, I have to give myself time to get my spirit cleansed of you and all of you. And so for me, that may take a month. That may take two weeks. It's just, it all depends. Um, right. I often sometimes, one thing I know that I've done before is I was trying to figure out like what went wrong. Like at what point did mm-hmm. it go wrong? What happened? What, what could have been done differently? And then one thing I always do is I ask myself, okay, so what am I to learn from this? Like what is, what 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 am I supposed to learn from this? Like the one, Ayanna Van Zandt has a quote that I really hold dear because I really believe it. My godmother. It says it says all things in life are lessons God would have us to learn. And so for me, even in breakups with friendships with relationships, there's a lesson to be learned in there somewhere. And this for me, I have to figure out what is this lesson. And so I can make sure that I don't make this same mistake again, because if you don't get it right, you'll continuously make those same mistakes over and over again. Then it becomes a pathology. Then it becomes this whole deeper thing. You know what I'm saying? Later on. Right. And so for me, I just allow myself time to grieve, I guess you say, okay. whatever that may Absolutely. look like. Okay. Uh, I don't... I've always been known to be a serial monogamous dater, as one of my best friends put it so eloquently. Um, and there has not been a lot of time between my relationships. I think the longest period has probably been like six to eight months to a year between my relationships. Uh, but something that I've learned as time has progressed is for me, there's a lot of reflection that happens for me mm-hmm. um, and in my later years I have done a lot of holding myself accountable for my actions in my relationships Absolutely. because I don't think that enough of us take the time to really reflect on our contributions to our traumas mm. um, we are quick to it's easy to place the blame somewhere else outside of yourself Absolutely. You know, we look for a lot of things outside of us. So it's easy to be like that and shit, this is what he did, walk the bam. But it's harder to really step in front of the mirror and address what you see. And for me, I've learned a lot about myself and my process when it comes to relationships. And that has been part of my growth and my, like, resolving my past traumas. Like, realizing that I was condition that I've grown up under people pleasers. So I've done a lot of people pleasing, which in turn has affected me in a way that in my romantic relationships, I don't address issues and I don't do a lot of talking because as many of us have been taught to do when it comes to romance, we go into survival mode. It's all about trying to make it work to get to this happily ever after. Everybody wants to... We we put a lot of pressure on the time of our relationships and not the quality. Mm. Everybody wants to be together forever, but they don't realize what I tell people all the time is that my forever with you is the time that we spent together from the inception to the end till we got to the point where we realized that this is not working for us. Mm. 
that's our forever. Like, it, it don't have to be, it can be two weeks, it can be two years, it can be a decade. Whatever amount of time we spend together is our forever in that time. If we make it past that, great. But I think that more of us need to pay attention to and give weight to the time that you spend with a person that you're romantically involved with. Every moment counts from the beginning to the end. And like pay attention and focus on that time and not the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. I didn't make it to the grave with you. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of where I am. I can easily say um, the one thing that I learned, especially after my previous situation, was speak up. The one thing that I hate that I did in my last relationship was I let a lot of things ride because I hate confrontation, like to to the core of my being. Mm. So I let a lot of things fly when I'm like, nah, you should have cursed his ass the fuck out that day. But I didn't do it because, of course, Fear conf- like he said, people pleasing, people pleasing, and fear of confrontation. So I bottled up a lot of stuff, and it that stuff I bottled up that I should have let out. I now have to deal with on my own, and it also, in a sense, created this barrier. It's like I'm still, though I'm emotionally in a place where I can date now, like I'm okay with it, but it's still trusting myself enough to know if the next person you get with you have to not be afraid to speak your mind to that person regardless of however you may feel or regardless of however they might take it that's their problem not yours come on Um, I think for me I think my situation is a little unique because I realized, like, even with my, my last two relationships, um, I realized that I was growing out of those relationships very quickly. And instead of saying that it needed to end, um, I kind of mentally had already checked out even though I'm still in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which is not healthy, by the way. It's not healthy. It sure ain't. I'm with you. We it's, see each other. It's, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's not healthy at all. But what I will say is, um, honestly, I realized that I was starting to follow the same patterns as I saw my mom do with her marriage. Come on. Like she she had a insecure husband and she had to deal with that and she had to adjust and accustom to what it is that he wanted and it was very struggling for her and I watched that and I remember telling myself I was like I'm never going to be like that. You know, and then here it is you know, relationship number one and then relationship number two, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I said, I wasn't going to be in this space. So what is it that I need to do? I need to honestly just let this go. I need to let it go. Um, So I've kind of mentally checked out, but trying to make it, and like I said earlier, I didn't want to seem like a failure, so I didn't want to necessarily just like let it go. 
but I was dragging it on for so long, it really needed to, to happen. So um, for me, by the time, by the time I even ended the relationship, I was already moving on. Not saying that I was going to move on to the next relationship, but it was, I'm already moving on. I'm, I'm, I can tell I'm growing. I've already reflected on what I should have done, what, it could, what could have been done. We've already had our conversations, by the way. We've had our conversations because I've learned automatically to speak up, but I've endured so much to the point where it's like, we don't, we don't even need to be having this conversation anymore. We're done. You know? Um, again, like I said, it wasn't healthy, but this is how I managed to just be mentally ready to prepare and move on. So there was really no huge, like the last relationship, they only last, that feeling lasted only for two weeks, maybe less than that, honestly, because I was already done. I was completely done. It was just like, look, I've already given you, at this point, I already know I'm a good ass boyfriend because everything that I've done for you, there's a rap sheet for shit that I've done for you. You know, <laughs> I'm going to pull it. I'm not going to pull it out on you because that's not the type of person that I am. Right. But I know what I've done for you. And I'm, for me, quite frankly, yes, there are some things I could have done differently that could have been a lot more effective. We could have had a little different, more conversations. I could have handled certain things different ways. But um, at this point, I'm done. I'm moving on. And, you know, that's it. So um, that's how I've handled um, dealing with any of my breakups that I've had. Um, again, like I said, I don't condone everybody to do that. I'm just saying mentally for me at the time, I was already done. Gotcha. So I had already met my piece. I was cool. I'm having to just get used to not being around you or talk to you on a regular basis. That's it. Other than that, I'm done. I know for me, I had to realize, I had to really come to grips with the fact that I can't be with just anybody. And what I mean... Hello. Um, <laughs> I'm very much my mother's child. In terms of, um, I'm, very, I'm very independent and I'm very strong-willed. And I am, I'm aggressive by nature because that's just, that's just how I am. And so, like, in certain relationships, like, I've had, I felt like I've had to water myself down to make them feel comfortable with basically who I am, because I have this big, my personality matches the size and the structure of my body. I have a big personality. And so, for me, I'm a person of where I can be with somebody who is, not that anybody can, but I know I really cannot be with anybody who's insecure. You have to be comfortable within yourself. Mm. I be with somebody who is extremely secure with themselves. You have to be extremely confident. I have to be with somebody who knows who they are. I've dated people before who they were who they thought I wanted them to be. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, who you are telling me that you are versus who you really are, these are two different niggas. This ain't adding up. Like, who, who are Somebody you? ain't doing the math right. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the math ain't so, math at home. Somebody ain't doing the math, math right. The math right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> for real, but this is why I, I just, I know for me that it, it, whoever I'm meant to be with is a special and a unique individual. And a lot of, in a lot of different ways. And, the, and the, for me, the main thing is, and I'm a person of, I don't have a type. 
And people, like one of my friends, he always asks me, like, how do you not have a type? That's why I, I don't. With me, with me, the one thing that gets with anybody, I, I'm attracted to intellect. I love a man who I can learn from. Intel, like intellectuality, like be able to teach me about some shit that I don't know. Be able to talk to me and teach me about, I don't fucking know, metaphysics or some shit, I don't fucking know, but just something. Like, so for me, intellect is a big component, as well as a man who is confident and assured in who he is. Whatever, whatever it is that you are, be confident in that and don't let anybody try to talk you out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's my biggest belief system is dating, dating and being with a weak and an insecure man is extremely dangerous. Mm-hmm. Being with somebody who is weak and being with somebody who is insecure, that is dangerous. And it's dangerous for it's dangerous for them, but it's more so dangerous to, for you because depending upon the kind of person you are, it's easy for you to lose yourself dating them and trying to trying to you you literally spend the relationship trying to fill their needy cup and trying to reassure them and no babe, it's not that and you second guessing yourself and everything. Listen. Drag me right on to Baby, we're dragging your legs, girl, and you can me. Oh, my God. But just like, it's dating, and then not to mention, from a health standpoint, dating somebody who's insecure, insecure niggas are crazy. Baby. Like, they are, like, bad shit, certified, you need a fucking check, like, you are off. Baby. And, And the thing is, is like, a lot of them, of course, are like that due to how they were brought up. Granted, at the same time, though, I'm a person of, regardless to how you were brought up, regardless to what traumas you have, regardless to what issues you have, at some point, it's your job to do the work to heal those demons and to work on them. Honey. You can't... Show therapist. You can't, carry, you can't carry childhood traumas and undealt with traumas into a, new, into a relationship. Because for again, just for me personally, I'm not dealing with it. I'm just I'm not. <laughs> there's no there's no gray area. There's no I'm not doing it. Like I can't. And I hate to, and I hate to see people who are with people who are just like that, but they don't recognize it because they're so in love with them. Also, too, I had to realize my biggest. I guess for me, I guess it's a weakness. It's a gift and a curse. I'm a realist. So like my my common sense outweighs my heart. Mm-hmm. So me, I'm 36. I'm like I've never been in love. And people are like, what do you mean? And I'm I, I've never I haven't because for me, for example, my the way I am, I look at stuff from a realistic, honest perspective. And it's like if you're doing some goofy shit, like I love you, but bitch, I'm I'm. I can't get to the point. Of, I can't get to this. I'm going to be in love with you because you're an idiot. You're doing stupid stuff. You're doing stuff that is self-destructive. Why are you doing this? So I can't get past the real. I can't get past the, the realist part of me to actually love somebody fully. He loves and he loves hard, but there be sometimes like even with like some of his relationships. Not saying that they were not wrong, by the way, because they were, and they were fucked. <laughs> but there were some. There would be sometimes where he would have discussions, and he would talk to me. He'd be like, "Well, was I wrong for this?" And I'm like, "No, but you could have said it this way because Amon's Amon's a straight shooter. That like, he don't give a fuck. He just he just gonna say what the fuck he gonna say. 
But like I've told him before, like I've come a long way, baby. He has. <laughs> but like I've told him, like you can talk to him and and get your point across without feeling like you have to be at war with him because. Yes, the message may get to him, but he, the way he's receiving it, he's already like, fuck this shit. And now it's, you know, it's it's a lot more than what it's supposed to be. So, um, I mean, I get it. And that's something that I, I told him he's going to have to really work on as far as telling fuck niggas that you a fuck nigga, but saying it in a very nice way. <laughs> you know, I'm fucking you know, like, no, fuck that. <laughs> right. I fucking love it. Right. I mean, but I'm I'm just saying, I'm just saying in general. Um I don't know. I just I just I just feel like um I've seen like a lot of my friends and my family members date people who were just not in this may sound cocky, but they were beneath them. They weren't worthy of them. Like we mm-hmm. and if you examine your own relationships, you can think about at least one relationship, but you'd be like, why the fuck was I with you? Like we we you weren't even worthy of occupying my space, let alone being in a relationship with me. And so for me, I definitely it's something I definitely have to work on as far as getting the message out and conveying in a way where I'm not to let you know that I'm I'm serious about this, but I don't want to offend you when I say it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. I can definitely, I can definitely say my delivery sometimes is not the best. Baby, he can, honey, he can cut deep, baby. Especially if you catch me at the wrong time, <laughs> honey. And you catch him on a good day, honey. He's a reading <laughs> rainbow, bitch, rainbow. Oh shit! All right, y'all. So, oh my gosh, this has been fucking amazing conversation. This has been, yeah. Uh, and we're gonna end the thread right there. Wow. So, before we go, mm. we always, here at the Who Raised You Host headquarters. Yes, whole nation. Yes, we end our podcasts by giving a mental health tip for the week for yes. our listeners. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to go around and we're each going to give our mental health tip that we would like our listeners to take away from our conversation today. Um... I will start just so you guys have an idea of how this works. And I will say, you better facilitate. God, God damn it. You better facilitate the whole show. I you know. better leave. You better be your mother's child. <laughs> I will say that every time you do a disservice to yourself and your sanity, every time you say yes when you really mean no. Come on in. And to tie that in, no is a complete sentence. It does not warrant an explanation. It goes no further than that. So do yourself and the people that you are involved with a favor and make your nose solid. Because those are boundaries that a lot of us do not understand how to build. And it will literally help you to experience Less trauma and more progress. Mm. That's why I'm So I promise I'm going to be here for a short time, not a long time. Um, I'm going to thank my deacons for being here today. Yes. My bishops. Yes, Lord. Yes. Um, your pre, look, your prelays, the whole gamut, you know. 
Thank yeah, you, yeah. Yes, we've already had our church announcement. You always get that one back in the back, still shout. Shout the music is gone. You know, just sit back. Shout out, girl. We're trying to climb. Mary, sit down. Please stop screaming. I'm trying to go get my phone piece from Popeye's girl. Shout out. Um, piggybacking off of the conversation with barriers, um, as I've learned, especially in my 30 plus years of this journey called life and love, um, it's one that I've learned, I picked up in the most recent of this year, and I feel it very, very, very imperative that I share it with the flock, um, and mind me, I'm going to be a little comedic in my delivery today, but that's okay. That is all right. Um, when they walk out the door, block it. When you end that situation, that thing with that man, that woman, that person, when they walk out that door, block it. Stop rereading the chapter, expecting a different ending. Because it is always the same. When they walk out that door, lock it. That lock is your self-love. That lock is you working past whatever the hell they done did to you. When they walk out the door, lock it. Ooh, and threw away that key, baby. I know that's right. <laughs> you wanna you wanna go or you wanna about Alright. I'm gonna big mama she gonna do it last. She gonna take it home for you. Alright. Alright. Um let's take it home, so I'll say Baby, know who you are. Mm. Know who you are and stand in it. Mm. That's real. Because you will have people who will come along and try to tell you who you need to be. And you walking around here confused, not knowing what your purpose is, because someone told you what you're supposed to be. Know who you are and stand in it. And that's what I got to say. Ain't nothing else I need to say. She laid out. Um no, but for me, um, I guess now would be now would be in short. Find yourself, and then let them find you. That's a word. That is a word. Find yourself, and then let them find you. That's a word. I love it. I love it. With that being said, ladies, gentlemen, and persons that don't love gender. Thank you guys for coming up listening to another installment <laughs> of this podcast. Before we go, tell the people where they can find you guys on the internet. Oh, you can find me on Instagram 
Um, I read, my Instagram name is Raiden Tiger Lily. That's R A I D E N Tiger Lily. All right. Or you can follow me on Twitter, Deshaun the Great. That's D A S E A N the Great. One word. Um, so, so for me, because I'm always changing my handles because I'm a fucking comedic genius. Um, after remember what the hell my name was, I was I just changed them. Give me a moment. So I'm, <laughs> and that's what I'm it's, they are a gag. So on Instagram, you can follow me. Please by all means. My name on there is Big Mama underscore your arm. That's Big Mama <laughs> on Instagram. Okay. Baby, baby, uh, <laughs> he's dying laughing, bitch. If you see soul food, you get the rest. On, on, on the gay Twitter, you can find me with the handle at Bussy Big Mama. Okay? As <laughs> Big Mama. Oh my god. Is that, is that also M-A-M-A and not M-O-M-M-A? It's B-I-G-M-A-M-A. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much for taking time out of your oh-so-busy Sunday evening schedule so to be here with us. Thank okay. you, guys. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. And with that being said, thank you guys for listening and tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.